Well, Caleb Williams is going to have the opportunity to win a Heisman for a second year in a row. Can he actually do it? Yeah. Yeah, he's got everything he needs. You are Locked On Pac-12, your daily podcast on the Pac-12 Conference. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Locked On Pac-12. I'm your host, Spencer McLaughlin. Thank you so much for making this your first listen or your first view of the day. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, and your number one source to stay up to date with our media rights and mostly team-free, and I think kind of sort of still beloved Conference of Champions, which has got an undisclosed number of teams in it at this time because we don't really know. But you should like, comment, subscribe, rate, review, Please and thank you wherever you listen to or watch this show, which today is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On College for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Let's hop right into it, Mark. There's only been, to my knowledge, one repeat Heisman Trophy winner in the history of the sport. And look, I, I wouldn't necessarily predict Caleb Williams win the Heisman because of that fact. It's really hard. A lot can change between now and the end of the season, but. If you're talking about all the tools and ingredients and narrative to win the Heisman Trophy, it's all there for Caleb Williams, right? Yeah, I mean the the uh, the betting public seems to think he's the favorite. Um, I was looking at some Vegas lines, and he's at what, plus five hundred, the next closest guy. And I believe Bo Nix was in that group was at like plus fifteen hundred. So Caleb Williams is the prohibitive favorite to repeat as a Heisman Trophy winner. You mentioned it hasn't happened since what Archie Griffith back at the uh, with the Buckeyes in the early seventies. Um, we'll see if it happens again. You know, it it, it 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 doesn't happen very often for a variety of reasons. Um, typically, players don't stick around to win the Heisman Trophy a second time. So, when you win it as a sophomore, um, it gives you that unique advantage, obviously. Yeah, I, I think Williams' upside is pretty unquestionable at this point. And by the way, he's not the only Pac-12 quarterback that could win the Heisman. You mentioned Bo Nix. I'd be remiss if I didn't mention Michael Penix as well. I don't know that the Pac-12 could have a dark horse contender. I mean, if everything were to go right for Cam Rising, I suppose. But I, I, I think that's probably a, a hop, skip, and a jump away, given the other players that are in the country. But those guys have got the preseason hype, which definitely matters because being on you know the radar can help get you in that discussion and keep you there if your team has has that sort of performance. But we've seen late risers as well. It's it's happened on on more than one occasion. And I think that's what makes it so tough for a guy like Williams or either of the other two quarterbacks I just mentioned to win the Heisman out of the pack in its final season this year. There are a lot of good players, but so much can change between now and and the end of the season. And, and that's what makes it difficult. I, I don't know that there's been a time uh, recently where the preseason Heisman favorite has actually won the Heisman Trophy because between week zero, which starts literally tomorrow, and I can't wait for, and I know you can as well. You're in San Jose as we record the show ready to, to, to go to the game, and I'll talk about that later. Between week zero and week 15, a, a, a lot can change. And I think that's probably the biggest downside for Caleb Williams as he tries to do this uh, repeat Heisman campaign. Yeah. I mean, really the only thing that I guess would, that could change is he doesn't put up enough stats, you know, to kind of compare to what he did last year. And, you know, just as a reminder, um, 
he holds the USC single season record for total offense. And if you think about the players who've come through USC, uh, he just kind of stepped in and took it over. But 4,900 4, yards in one season, uh, 52 total touchdowns, 42 through the air, and five interceptions. That is probably going to win you the Heisman Trophy every year. Now, he wants to do better than that this year. Those are the goals he set for himself. I don't know how realistic it is. You know, he said, I don't want to throw any interceptions. We'll see if that happens. Like I said, um, and by the way, I am not in San Jose. I am in Southern California for the San Jose State game. Oh, that's right. San Jose is going to going to USC. Yes. I am I am foolish and erroneous. That, that, please, so am I. Um, so back to the thing. Caleb is uber-focused right now on he's got his own personal accolade. He, he He's trying to focus on the playoffs and a national championship. And when competitive Caleb has his, that goal, um, that's a, a pretty good indicator that USC is going to have a good season. And he'll probably be back in New York for the Heisman. I think if USC has the season that they want to, yeah. Caleb Williams is back in New York for the Heisman Trophy uh, ceremony at the very least. He doesn't necessarily have to win it, but if USC is going to be at its best, look, you and I both expect the defense to at least be improved from last year. They've got better personnel on paper in a couple slots, most notably on, on the defensive line. But I actually want to talk about the weapons offensively because I think they've kind of, as quietly as USC can do things, quietly had some nice additions to that receiver room, whether it's five-star Zachariah Branch, Dorian Singer coming over from Arizona. You still have Mario Williams there. I think the running backs is a fair question to ask because Travis Dye was very good last year. But if Williams is going to win the Heisman, he has to put up great individual stats. But everybody else has to be productive enough as well. Do you feel that the USC offense is good enough around Caleb Williams to allow him, especially on the offensive line, to have that sort of Heisman caliber season once again. Yeah, and you know, you mentioned all, all those things you mentioned. You didn't even mention who Lincoln Riley said was probably USC's fall camp MVP, and he was at wide receiver. His name's Kyron Hudson. I think he had a brother that played up at Oregon. So, oh, is that Chris Hudson's brother? No, no, no. Um, Kyron. Oh, Ky- oh, Ky- Hudson with a D. Yes. Oh, okay, yeah. Ignore me once again. Also, Hudson Ware, I guess, is the more formal way. Oh, okay. Okay, yeah, I got got you. Yeah, you had a defensive lineman. Yeah, Keon Ware-Hudson. Solid player. Yes. Lincoln Riley, you know, he released his depth chart for the first game against San Jose State, and um, Kyron Hudson has the or and Brendan Rice. So when typically when you see that depth chart release where it's either or, uh, there's no separation. And what makes that special is you, you talk about the, you know, the superstar names, the, the, the high star, you know, recruiting rankings, the Zachariah branches. Um, it's a lot of times it's the nondescript player, the one you, you don't talk about a lot, who steps up and becomes the, uh, the guy on offense. Remember, when you've got a Caleb Williams, he's going to make every single person around him better. He's, you know, it's, it's like having Magic Johnson as your point guard, uh, on the basketball court. It's- and you factor in Lincoln Riley as the head coach and play caller, and who does he highlight most notably? He's had some success with tight ends at Oklahoma, but it's the receivers who who, who always tend to thrive. It's why a lot of receivers go play for him. 
there's that. And hopefully, you know, with a healthy tight end room, we can see, you know, a Lake McCree and a Jude Wolf get highlighted at the tight end position. Running back, it's it's not going to be an issue. Um, Austin Jones returns. He stepped in when Travis Dye went down. They brought in Marshawn Lloyd from South Carolina. Uh, and then you still have Darwin Barlow and then two really good freshmen. Offensively, there's probably going to be a drop-off of maybe a percentage point off of their 41 point, whatever they scored per game last year. They're going to score 40 plus per game. That generally means in a Lincoln Riley offense, you're going to have a quarterback who's close to, you know, the Heisman discussion. Jalen Hurts, a finalist. Mayfield won it. Kyler Murray won it. Like this is just a rinse and repeat. It's kind of a first for Lincoln Riley though, to have his Heisman trophy winner or finalists back the following season because they've always gone off to the NFL, but Williams, of course, isn't isn't eligible yet. So I suppose it's it's new territory for Lincoln Riley, unfamiliar territory. Right. I mean, you think about it. He became a head coach in 2017. Four of his quarterbacks have been Heisman finalists. Three have won it. I mean, it's pretty impressive. Four have won. Excuse me. Um, he he is the Heisman quarterback whisperer guru, uh, and Wide receivers want to come play in that type of offense, absolutely. Well, college football season is basically here, and if you want to get tickets to go to a game in person or any other sort of event this year, you need to check out Game Time. Forget planning months in advance. Game Time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. So if you're making last-second plans, if you forgot to get tickets, someone else has decided to join the, the viewing party, whatever your situation, Game Time has you covered. You get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and more. The game time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. Snag the tickets without the stress with game time. Download the game time app, create an account, use code locked on college for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code locked on college for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price. Guaranteed game time promo code locked on college. I'll be very honest with you all because I always try to be. That particular live read did not go over smoothly and did not take place on the uh, on the first take. But hey, sometimes that's the way the cookie crumbles. So. Mark had time constraints, but I wanted to go on and chat about uh, USC because USC is in a situation where everything is viewed through a lens of the college football playoff. It's seen as college football playoff or bust for USC going into this season. And I think that for the Trojans, that's a place where a lot of the fans are going to be. I think that's where I know that's where Mark certainly is. He's predicted USC to have an undefeated season this year, and I'm not expecting them to have that. I think they will lose a couple of games this year in in the regular season. I think they'll lose at Oregon, and I think they'll lose to Washington at home. Those are my rec that's my record prediction for the Trojans. Is I think they'll go ten and two. Whether or not they end up in the conference championship game, we're going to play you know seven rounds of tiebreakers and scenarios. And if this team wins, but this team loses, this team gets help and everything like that. But that's just the way the cookie crumbles in the final year of of the Pac-12 as we know it here. So I think USC is good. And I think USC is very good. I think they should be the conference favorite. And, and I know that a lot of people 
like to hate on USC. And I understand why, especially if you're an Oregon State or Washington State fan. They've been a key principal actor in orchestrating the downfall of the league that appears poised to relegate Oregon State and Washington State to the Mountain West once all the dust settles on this sort of stuff. But I think with the Trojans, if you're looking at it from a football standpoint, they should be the favorites, not just because they won 11 games a year ago, but because they bring back their head coach. They've made upgrades in personnel defensively on the defensive line. And I think Christian Roland Wallace from Arizona is a really, really nice pickup to go with Kalen Bullock in the back end of that defense for Alex Grinch, who has to be better, by the way. It's always the biggest question, but here's the thing. If you're someone who wants to jump to the narrative, well, USC's defense stinks. Fact check true. It's not going to be a top five defense, even in the pack, I don't think. It has the talent to maybe be, but I've seen Alex Grinch and Lincoln Riley put together football teams before. They've never had elite defenses. It's not something that they're going to to produce, and we shouldn't expect that. But here, here's where we're operating in the world of USC as it pertains to their conference title hopes. Lincoln Riley's teams, when he took over as head coach, they've never had good defenses. They've always been below average or average or mildly above average at best, but really it's average or below average. And they've been porous at times, and they seem allergic to tackling, as Joel Klatt says, at times. That, that's, that's where they have been. And guess what? I've watched Lincoln Riley teams go to the college football playoffs several times as Big 12 champions. So you can make the argument, USC's defense, nope, it's not going to be good enough to compete with the best of the best in college football. They can't win a national championship. I'm open to, and I agree with that argument. However, if you are talking about it in the context of winning a conference, the defense can be just as bad as it was last year. They can. They can absolutely do that. Because last year, Utah beat them twice. Both of those games, USC could have won. There's a world in which USC could have won. I think the Pac-12 championship was actually less likely. But that game in Salt Lake City, that's a go-either-way 50-50 game. That's, that's a coin flip game. Bounce of ball. Go-either-way. Whatever you want to call it. If USC wins that game but loses the Pac-12 title, guess what? USC is a playoff team a year ago. And then they're definitely the favorite. Instead, they lose that game, and then the defense again doesn't show up against Tulane. Fair point. And they lose the Cotton Bowl. And so everyone has a perception of USC that I, I don't think is entirely reflective of reality. But even, let's let's accept that particular premise. Let's say, no, they, they weren't really good enough to be an 11-1 team. Their defense wasn't good enough. Let's jump to that side of the argument for a moment. In what world, when you have a proven quarterback and a proven head football coach at the Power 5 level, do you not expect a football team to be better in year two than they were in year one. Like, do you think that that team we saw a year ago is going to be better or was better than what we'll see from USC this year? I don't see how this year's team isn't at least the same, if not better. And and people want to jump on the anti-USC bandwagon. I get it. I, I really, really do. But if you're looking at it from a football standpoint... If you were to evaluate them in the same way you would evaluate any other team, you'd say, okay, what were their weaknesses last year? Well, they were really bad stopping the run. 
okay, well, I'd like to see you go out and get a couple players. Okay, they brought in a Power 5 transfer at linebacker uh, from Oklahoma State, who was one of their leading tacklers. Okay, they brought in two former five-star defensive linemen, and they brought in a player in the secondary as well. Um, That's what you call addressing your needs. The front seven, like the back end made plays for USC. They didn't tackle well, but they made plays. They forced turnovers, but the front seven couldn't stop the run. They, They weren't physical enough. They got pushed around. Right, The teams that gave him fits last year, Tulane ran for over 300 yards. Utah loves to run the football. Oregon State loves to run the football. The formula might be similar this year to give USC fits, but it doesn't mean that it's going to yield the exact same results. It might just be 80% of what it was last year. But if USC's defense was 20% better than it was last year, guess what? They're going to the playoff. Because no one is stopping the offense. Lincoln Riley is too smart. Caleb Williams is too good. And they have too many weapons. You're not going to rely. It's what made that Oregon State game so impressive for the Bees last year. They held them to 17 points. Caleb Williams wasn't injured halfway through the game like he was against Utah. Now, that showed the reliance that they had on Caleb Williams offensively and exploited that sort of weakness. But that's football. Unfortunately, the injuries are a part of it. But it is. But in Oregon State, he wasn't hurt. He just didn't have a good game. Trent Bray just called a great game defensively. Oregon State was able to get pressure, make him uncomfortable, and he he that was his worst game of the season. Absolutely. I'm not relying on that. Given that last year, you know, you heard Mark say earlier, well, you know, it was his first uh it, it was it was his goal, it is his goal this year to to throw no interceptions. And he threw five last year. Is that a realistic goal? No. But again, Caleb Williams won the Heisman last year. Do you think he's going to get worse? Some of you might. I don't share that particular opinion. I I am no homer for USC. I am just, as someone who commentates on college football, I have been all in on the Caleb Williams hype train from the start. From the moment I saw him make special plays and throws, I was like, yep, that's the guy. And I wanted my Seahawks to go get him. They're not going to. They're rolling with Geno Smith. But... I've been all in on that hype train, and I know that some of you aren't, and that's okay. We'll see how the season ends up playing out and whether Williams, you know, regresses back to the mean or whether he does play even better than he did, where he doesn't have a down game against Oregon State, where he only throws two or three interceptions instead of four or five. Maybe he is able to be that good. I don't think that's a reasonable standard, but I think that if you just if it were not USC and if it weren't these people who we know Caleb Williams, Lincoln Riley and the Trojans and you just said okay returning successfully proven power 5 football coach returning Heisman trophy winner who was only started for one full year and improvements made on the side of the ball that was a weakness a year ago you'd say oh that's going to be a better football team cuz Caleb Williams cuz the quarterback and the coach will have another year to work together and then you'll have a defense that should be at least slightly better, and the quarterback should be a better version of himself, and the coach already knows how to win. You got all the ingredients there. That's why USC is a big favorite. I think it makes a lot of sense. I don't think that they're going to get to the playoff because I don't think a Pac-12 team's getting to the playoff because the rest of the league is good too. Oregon's good too. Washington is good too. Utah's good too as long as Cam Rising stays healthy. Oregon State is really good too. And Oregon State's got a favorable schedule. They could be playing with their hair on fire in terms of momentum this season. So I have been consistent in that approach and mindset for the league going into this year. I think it'll look a lot like last year 
We just won't have a one-loss team by the time we get to the conference championship game. I can see it. There are teams that are capable of doing it. I just don't feel like I can come on and predict it because I can too easily predict the other side of the argument. So that's that. Meanwhile, there's a football game on Saturday, an actual football game featuring these very Trojans and that man, Caleb Williams, and that other man, Lincoln Riley, and all the other players that, that we talked about. So what should we actually watch for? in that game. Yeah, the defense. That's where everyone's going to jump, right? So what does the defense look like? Now, can you get a real read on the defense against a pretty poor San Jose State team, or at least pretty average? I think they had a good year last year, but San Jose State is not a team that's going to challenge USC. I mean, the game might be over by halftime, but that first half is what I'm going to be watching most closely. How quickly can they put it away and how do they put it away? Are they able to put it away with a 28-0 lead midway through the second quarter? Just perfect going up and down the field and touchdown drives and the defense not allowing anything? Or do they not put it away until the middle of the third quarter or the start of the fourth quarter because San Jose State's moving the ball up and down the field a little bit? That's what I'll be watching for. I know that USC is something like a 30-point favorite. I'm not going to sit here and pretend that they're going to struggle in this game. What I am going to be watching for and what I am intrigued by is, okay, what do you look like against inferior competition? Because the great teams, for the most part, save for maybe a week against a conference opponent that's not as good in, in the middle of the season, like Georgia against Missouri last year, when they play teams that are not as good as them, doesn't matter if it's week zero, week one, week two, week three, they're curb stomping them. They're leaving absolutely positively no doubt. Georgia last year came out week one, Oregon. They were better. You know what they did? 49 to three. Alabama one year against USC. They were better. Neutral site game. You know what they did? 52 to three. That's what I want to see here from USC. I, I want to see a crooked score a crooked number if I'm going to further get behind them as the Pac-12 favorite here. And look, I think they are, but they can bolster their case in the eyes of people like me or fans if they go out there. I'm not saying they can do it significantly, but if you are a conference championship caliber team, what would you do against San Jose State when you're a 30-point favorite? Don't let them in the end zone. I, I, I think that'd be not a major statement, but a starting point for the USC defense. Can you not allow a single touchdown when you are at home against the Spartans of San Jose State who should not be able to keep up with you in any way, shape, or form? Can you go out there and do that? We're going to find out, and I'm really excited. I know the offense is going to score a lot of points. They're a 30-something point favorite. I, I would probably lean towards betting the Trojans there because I think a score in the you know 45 to 10 range is probably about right, and that would be a cover. And I think USC wants to come out guns blazing and show, hey, we're here. We have an opportunity to play a football game right now when nobody else does. And we're going to make it look ugly. Can't wait for football. It's finally here. Let's just enjoy it, shall we? Appreciate everyone listening. I'll see you next time. Enjoy the football this weekend. I will see you back here on Monday. And until then, have a wonderful rest of your day.